San Francisco rolls out the red carpet for the communists. Target continues to tempt the masses. And we're going to teach you how to wrestle with God. (laughs) All this and more on the Self-Evident Podcast. Welcome to the Self-Evident Podcast. You've got your hosts, Massey and Mike. Today is Monday. Guess what? It's 11 a.m. We're on a new time slot now. And we shouldn't be tired. No, but we are. No, not really. I mean, I'm, I'm let, I'm, I'm kidding. Let's go. Especially because it's Friday and it's 10 o'clock. <laughs> So right now, as we're recording this, you're actually watching our Friday's episode. Ooh. Are they? Probably not. No. <laughs> Who does? Who we, does? We, we do. don't even no, watch we it. Don't. We don't. My we own wife do. doesn't watch it. So that's, that's she's she's actually told me she's like, I probably should watch it. Don't watch if you don't want. I mean, <laughs> we don't want to trouble twist you. In your arm. Jeez. It's okay. I'll oh, do well, this to an fine, audience yeah. of one. It's all for Jesus. It's all for the <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. That's Do good. not forget to go to the self truth.com. Check out our merch. Check out the shop. Buy yourself a book. Become Forge. Read the book. Leave a review. Don't forget, we've got our uh, Black Friday deals. All of that good stuff. We've got the newsletter. Man, we got so much for you. So go to the self truth.com. All right, bro. Let's go. Game on. San Fran literally rolled out the red carpet for <laughs> the communists. <laughs> Who's not surprised? one, not one American flag right. <laughs> in sight. The streets were lined with red and yellow Chinese flags. But Trump was colluding with Russia. Where's yes. that guy? Where's yeah. that guy? Yeah, he's gonna come down there. <laughs> See those Trump lovers? <laughs> Got to watch Friday's podcast to understand this. Punching bags. And Gavin Newsom even admitted it. He said, "Well, first they cleaned up all the homeless people." And there were side-by-side comparisons going around of, like, before, tents and trash and homeless people strewn all over, and then after, cleaned up and clean and beautiful. I thought this was a problem they couldn't fix, yet they fixed it in a couple of weeks for Xi Jinping, <laughs> Captain uh, Pooh Bear. Now, he said, I say that because <laughs> China will censor any references to Winnie the Pooh because oh, Xi Jinping looks like Winnie the Pooh. Oh, so. bother. Oh, bother. So Gavin Newsom so said, this is what he said. I know folks are saying, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming to town. That's true because it's true. Thank you. You're honest. I appreciate it. So they're unveiling a program to plant trees in urban neighborhoods or some stuff like that. (laughs) He added, it's also true for months and months and months before APEC, we've been having different conversations and we've raised the bar of expectation between the city, the county, and the state and our federal partners. So for months and months and months, you've been talking. But then when the Chinese come to town in a couple of weeks, you get the whole problem solved. That is government at work. It's not just that. Look who they're catering to. Right. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to clean up. You think that that... Okay. I just... (sighs) Gavin. (laughs) Bud. (laughs) 
Bro, you think that dude doesn't see the before and after pictures? You think he's going to respect you for that? You can't even run your state right. Right. So what you do is a couple weeks beforehand, you start working on this. You think people can't see that and are that ignorant? That's like when he was sitting at the restaurant with a bunch of people in the middle of COVID lockdowns and told everybody, well, we were outside. Despite the picture going around that they were inside. But it was bad to be outside with your friends. You can only have right, how many? Right. Five? Don't go to the public parks. Anyways. Can't have Thanksgiving with more than five people. Yeah. We actually went... Can we just stop for a second? I know that was kind of like a throwaway line, but that's one of those throwaway lines. Like, Can we think about that for a second? We were told you can't have Thanksgiving with your family. We were told... You're not allowed to go visit your loved one as they die in a hospital. We were told, no, you can't do that. You can't, do, you can't go to a public park. You can't be on a beach. We were told that, and we bought it. We as a people bought that crap. If Newsom becomes a replacement for Biden, for the Democrats... I want you to be aware that this guy was one of the first ones championing getting people off of beaches, out of restaurants, away from their loved ones. Don't do Thanksgiving because COVID. You don't think he's going to push that type of crap when he's a president? That's exactly I'm, right. I'm talking to Democrats here. Do you actually want to go through that? Do you think you were actually safer because they decided to shut life down for two years? Just saying. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, Biden insults China. This is well, probably wait, my though, favorite one. We want you to know. Look at all those pictures. There was no American flag in sight. Right. Did you show that that slide? Yes, he's showing it. Look at that picture. What does that say to you? Foolish. Like, what that is. They hate America. These guys legit hate America. I don't I don't get it. Like dude, do you think China would do that? Take no. down all their flags and put the American flags up? No. You think Iraq would do that? Or Iran? Russia? Any any political leader that we say, oh my gosh, they're so terrible. Do you think they would do that? No. No. And yet we do it because we are weak in that state. It's weak leadership. They hate they hate, they hate America. America. And they, Genuinely. And I know this gets thrown around in all the deep conservative circles of they just hate America, but it's true. And I, I'm saying this to any person on the left who still has a love for the country, but sees it a different way. That's fine. But do you recognize they actually hate America? There's no, Hey, we love America, but we think this plan will work to help America become great again. No, it's a, we want America to serve another nation, China, I, I truly believe yeah. there are a lot of these people who want to serve China. And we kowtow to it. Yep. And this proves it. Yeah, anyways. So, so Biden insults China. <laughs> <laughs> Biden. Sometimes that dude spits out some truth. He does. And it's beautiful when he does it because everybody around him, like we were saying last There's, time. No, okay. <laughs> That guy's going to comment. <laughs> They're in love with Biden. They're in love with Biden because he said he spits truth. Gosh, you just have to watch Friday's podcast. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Good night. 
So Biden called Xi Jinping a dictator while the guy was still in the building after four hours of secret talks between the two leaders. So everybody's like, these talks went well. You think this really made progress? And some reporter stands up. Yeah, but uh, after today, would you still refer to President Xi as a dictator? Look, this is what Biden said. Look, look, folks. He is. (laughs) He's a dictator (laughs) in the sense that he's the guy who runs the country. This is a communist country. It's based on a form of government totally different than ours. In other news, that reporter was found dead on February 11th, 2024 (laughs) in a car crash in which his car mysteriously blew up. (laughs) Dude, the press got rushed out of the room on this. And Mao Jr., I'm sorry, Xi Jinping, was still on his flight back to China. The foreign ministry spokeswoman said that it was extremely wrong and that the comment was irresponsible political maneuvering. And she saved herself prison time of 20 years. We're pretty sure this is not the last we've heard from China about it. The guy spits truth in his dementia estate. (laughs) Hail Biden. (laughs) That's all I got to say. All right, moving on to the next one. Go for it. continues to tempt the masses. Guys, these crazy stories. Target continues to tempt the masses. Target selected a man, maybe, (laughs) don't want to assume gender here, named Eric Thompson as its senior LGBTQIA++++++++++ segmentation strategist and pride lead. I love that title. That is the most obnoxious, obscure title I think a person can have. It's it's that word salad they do to try to make you feel like, wow, that's yeah. an important title. All they're doing here is they hired a gay dude, I'm sure. That he the picture shows it. We're in like cross dresser transgender yeah. territory. They hired a gay dude who's probably trans to push an agenda on kids. That's what that means, okay? This guy, Shim, Shim goes by Gay Cruella on TikTok and said, time to whip out the glitter and hellfire flamethrowers and rip that old world to shred, darlings. The self-described target corporate employee shared, let's flip that script and rewrite the narrative. It's time for all guests, all humans, and all hearts, except those that disagree with you. You will demonize them and wish, I, I promise you guys, this is what sin does. When you've given yourself wholly to it, read Romans 1, and they're going to try to take this out of context. When you give yourself fully to your sin, you become of the same mindset like those who want to murder. Hear me out. You begin to hate in your heart first. Murder doesn't just happen. It begins in the heart. So when you begin to ponder on sin, you begin to hate those who oppose you. Hatred, then, Jesus said, is murder. If you hate your neighbor or brother without a cause, you commit murder. If I'm telling you the truth and you hate me, that's considered murder in the eyes of Jesus, right? Because that's his graceful standard. But it's no different than a Muslim acting out their sinful ways and wanting to kill people. And, and, and they're going to say it. He's equating gays with Muslims. I should say extremists, uh, you know, because... All I'm, extremists. All right? extremists, right? The more they go extreme the worse it gets for them. Yes. These guys don't give a crap about you. They don't care about your kids. What they care about is their message getting out there to the masses. And Target is fully in line with, they don't care about money at this point. They care about the agenda. Who is propping up Target? Who's propping them up? Right. And you got to ask yourself, they're losing tons of money. Yeah. Who's propping up Disney and Target? Right. Where, what, what money are they receiving? 
to keep going. It's 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 weird, you know. And and somebody pointed out, uh, you gonna make Target sales tank too? And Eric replied, yes, yes, I will make sales tank. Of course, Eric's trying to be like edgy and facetious and all of that. But the truth is, this will most likely harm Target's reputation. They, uh, this is insane. This is the same company who did the whole tuck-friendly swimsuits for men and kid stuff and queer stuff. But now, now they're selling black Santa figurines and wheelchairs. I saw some of the pictures of some of the stuff they're selling, like Santa figurines that are black in a wheelchair. And my question is, couldn't you work gay into that somehow? Yeah, or put a watermelon in a sand and a piece of fried chicken. Oh, that's what they're doing. They're catering to so groups. Glad you said it, and I didn't. Well, what? <laughs> why would they? Why, why, why in a wheelchair? What's going on? Right. right? Exactly. Stereotypes. Let's see, let's see how many. Stereo- how You're, many stereotypes and identities we can try and shove into dude, one thing? Dude, if the gay agenda wants to be normalized, why do they stereotype them by hiring freaks like this? Perversion. Wh- wh- why hire perversion like this? Right. If you want it to be normalized, why are you stereotyping this whole group? You got to bring some freak that comes out in his sin, of course, or her, whatever he is, shim, right? And they go out and do this crap. They push this extreme. But they they don't want stereotypes. You shouldn't stereotype. You do it. Yeah, you build the stereotype out of yourself. Because Lowe's, you know, they got black Santas too now. Did you go into Lowe's? No, I yeah. haven't seen that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's they got the white one. They got the black one, right? Because Santa, Santa, right? So I don't know. It, it's just we're we're catering to what insanity. It's really what we're what? catering to. I uh, I went to Hobby Lobby with mom, right? And then I looked over to the side, and I saw a black Santa, and I was like, what is that? Because <laughs> we were, like, shopping for Christmas ornaments, right? And then, Mom, uh, we were, like, around the corner, and then, like, on the on the uh, thing, like, there was um, a white Santa and then a black Santa. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> It begins. I want the white Kwanzaa figurine. Are we allowed to have that? Can we have the the Mexican Hanukkah? Yeah, figurine? where's the Mexican Santa? He's Santa Claus. Where's he? Where's the? He's where's taking the... stuff out of the houses, not putting it in. Glad you said it, Nami. All right. <laughs> Santa doesn't. <laughs> Mexican Santa ain't got no Slato dog. He's he's riding on twenty fours. Yes, he is. Custom paint job, and his last name Claus is in cursive in the back of that daggum <laughs> thing. That's all and, I gotta say, and y'all. He, and he's got the the Pedro Martinez Claus nineteen eighty six to two thousand four sticker on right, there as right. well. Also, you know. also, he's adorned himself in a red vest, a green jacket, and white pants. All to represent the Mexican flying colors. <laughs> and he's Dude, got a Mexican they would flag. Make money Dude, on that. Can we produce this? We got to do we, it. We've got to produce Mexican Santa it. Claus. We've got to make a short or he's something. Th- he's rolling on 24s, bumping, <laughs> bumping 412s in the back of that thing. And the, the shack in the North Pole yes, houses sir. 40. Yes, sir, man. Dude, it makes sense. Santa Claus is Mexican. He has 40, 400 
elf slave labor they're guys not living they're, with they're him. They're not elves. But they're, they're not, not elves. actually elves. They're the kids that he has exactly. and all the cousins. And and they're all living together in that one shack making toys for like $3 an hour and they're sharing the money together. Hey. And then and he, it's communal living. Yeah. So I say that because I grew up in that. <laughs> <laughs> working with relatives, having five families stay in one house. I think it was three or three to five. All the kids in one house, man. Uh-huh. It was like, man, those were those were good times. I had a lot of fun memories. Dad, Dad never rode on twenties though. Dang it, no spinners for pops. He no. wasn't with it. Nah, he, he was too Americanized that. at yeah, that point. No, he actually was just. I ain't buying that crap. I was like, dang, Dad, <laughs> come on, your, your van would look great on twenties. Me, right? Spinners. My dad's like, shut up. I got I got bills to pay, kid. Get out of here. <laughs> Come on, Dad. Yeah, dang no. it. You never listened to me once. All right, number four. Four. Trump is going to use the military to squash his opponents, supposedly. So this this is the game of telephone, and I picked this one because this is how quickly it happens. Now, the Washington Post decided it needed to write an article claiming that Trump associates had been writing out some plans. Now, I, I'm saying every word intentionally. The Washington Post reports that some Trump associates were writing out some plans, and of course they decided to craft what they could and say that it would invoke the Insurrection Act. These Trump associates are going to invoke the Insurrection Act on the first day of presidency. Now, what was actually going on was a think tank was putting t- together plans of what a Trump presidency might look like. They think this think tank speaks for Trump and that the plans would enable Trump to deploy the military against civil demonstrations. Of course, we totally didn't have a military occupation immediately after the election. Of course, for months, there were not troops crawling all over D.C. as the FBI set to task raiding the entire nation for anyone who said the words January and the number six in the same sentence. We were under military occupation. So much of the planning for a second term has been unofficially outsourced to a... Do you hear those words? Unofficially outsourced to a partnership of right-wing think tanks in Washington, the Post wrote. Dubbed Project 2025, the group is developing a plan to include draft executive orders that would deploy the military domestically under the Insurrection Act, according to a person involved in those conversations and internal communications reviewed by the Washington Post. Anonymous sources and anonymous evidence. Allegedly, supposedly, maybe... We don't know, but we're throwing it out there to alarm you. And then the liberals are going to say Trump is planning another coup and blah, blah, blah. Right. Because they don't read. So now the Blaze.com notes that according to the Washington Post, Rob Bluey of the Heritage Foundation says there are no plans within Project 2025 related to the Insurrection Act or targeting political enemies. I picture him holding his head like, guys, there's nothing in there about the Insurrection Act. But of course, Washington Post throws this out there. So you write an article about some plans that you can't actually see any evidence of the claims are. Do you guys see this? Do you see what happens? I kept the words out because <laughs> part two of this gets better. Sometimes I write the notes and you're like, eh, I was hot in the moment. Yeah, I was, I was frustrated and this there's is no a cursing. There's no cursing. It's just nerf curse words. Yes, it really is. I promise. Because part two of the story gets all the better. So the post... Post the story, Ian Basson states, 
Let's call this what it is. Trump is planning a military dictatorship. This is radical stuff that would end America as we know it. It must lead every new cast, newscast until every voter fully understands what this is. Yet, it's not even the top story in the post. And Mr. Ian, I've got a bridge to sell you. Basson posts the article. Well, listen, I want to I just ask a conservative this, okay? If there's voter fraud and they know they can win every election, why are they trying to take them down? That's a good point. Why are they going after him? We need to share this with everybody so they don't vote for him. Listen, you're never going to turn Trump people. You no, just aren't. You aren't. So who comes along? Bill Pascrell Jr. Do you see how this is adding up? Bill Pascrell Jr., who served as, served as a House lawmaker for over two decades, who retweets Ian's posts and adds his own genius wisdom to the mix. There is a Washington Post story today that Donald Trump is openly planning to impose a Republican military dictatorship if he seizes power again. This, is, this isn't hyperbole. Sir, excuse me, but I don't think that word means what you think it means. Because this is precisely hyperbole. That's it, huh? Mind you, Pascrell wasn't done. Nine days later, he posted, Donald Trump is opening pl openly planning to impose a military dictatorship and put tanks in the streets against his enemies if he seizes power again. I'm going to post this repeatedly so no one can say they haven't been told. And he posts this picture. Did you post the, the tank picture? He posts this picture. So we went from a think tank, not even associated with Trump, came out with some plans about draft executive orders that went into washington post saying well these executive trump's associates are planning a military coup through executive order to trump's going to raid the streets and occupy with a military force this has to be stopped to tanks in the streets to squash his enemies for crying in the mud just unbelievable <sighs> dude yeah well because in other news, <laughs> the DNC was attacked because they're trusted. They're loved. It's crazy because like these guys uh, have been turning on themselves for a while. Yeah. You got Biden supporting Israel. I think the other guy is one under him, Secretary of State, maybe. Uh, they're all supporting Israel. And then you have the progressives who support Palestine. So they're kind of going against each other. Now those same Palestine supporters are going to the DNC and saying, you're not going to not listen to us. We won't let you get away with it. Blah, 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 blah. Right. So all those people that you catered to, now it's blowing up in your face, dude. Now it's blowing up in your face, guys. You this picked what the wrong. You did pick the wrong team. Yep, you catered to five year olds, yep. and now five year olds are throwing tantrums. Good for you. And, Way to go. And they're having it blow up on college campuses now. It's it's the pro Palestinian movement, really, what they are, rioters, and they are not going to be told to calm down. Yeah, the group, if not now which is a group, a group claiming responsibility for the insurrection. We'll just use that term until it loses all of its meaning. Let's do it. Everything's an insurrection. Everything's from an now insurrection. On. Yep. Trump is planning an insurrection that he didn't even plan. Yes. Mm. So we want to be crystal clear to the Democratic Party. You cannot continue to ignore those who claim you represent. The people will not allow it. You claim you're with us, they say, but you're not being loyal because you're not giving me what I want. I wanted that toy, not that one. <laughs> What's wrong with you? And we're not going to tolerate this. So we're going to call Child Protective Services because you're mean to me and you put me in time out and you're not hearing me right now. I'm running away. Your, we're going to come to your house and then we're just going to sit out there and cry about all this because we just want to make sure that people hear us. There it is. 
These these are the people you're associating with. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. And then Kamala Harris gets up and opens her door. <laughs> and she goes, we have to support free speech. We have to listen to them. Okay. <laughs> we have to support free speech. And it's frustrating because you don't have to tolerate childishness. Okay? You should do the opposite. That's do not tolerate it. When you see a kid in the store and they're throwing a fit and the parents like, "Oh, just I just okay, I'll buy you a candy bar. Would you just just be quiet?" I have so much more respect for the parent who's like, "You're going to make a fool of yourself here? Is that what you're going to do?" Go get a belt. Right. Sometimes you just got to turn up the juice. Yeah. You got to move in power. You've got to give them the energy they need to make the right decisions and flip that switch on. And if your flipping switching doesn't work inside your house, call energyops.us. Call energyops.us, 843-263-1724. Gosh, we should do these commercials, we man. We should, dude. Come on, dude. That this was is very like, good. That was, that was, yeah, that was great. Like, <laughs> I so I know Michael Knowles tries to like I I think you can take him to task on, on sliding baby. this stuff in man, and if you want to sponsor I've, I'm going to chop up the energy ops thing. If you want to sponsor the self evident podcast, please reach out. We have a whole program put together. We've got a proposal we can give you on different rates. Um, it helps us. It it really is a donation, right? It's it a is. sponsorship to a non profit. To, to you people it, about yeah, you, I. I I love pushing energy ops. Energy ops can renovate things. They can update things. They can do commercial. They can do residential. Amazing, God-fearing, spirit-filled, veteran-owned, small business-minded, value, family, business. So pick them. If you're living in Charleston, South Carolina area, go out and get yourself some energy ops. Do yourself a flavor. A flavor. Energyops.us. Energyops.us. U.S. And put your sponsorship here. We ah. could be sponsoring, be sponsored by you. Yes. I'm not sponsoring you. Mike, you came up with this a few days ago. We were talking about it. And if you guys haven't figured out by now, Mondays for us are spiritual topics. There are biblical topics that we talk about. Fridays are typically the government stuff and what we're seeing out there and what's the biblical take and all that other stuff. You had brought up uh, prayer and why you were in fasting and all these other things, and it was just really cool. And then you ended up doing a po- you know writing a podcast about it. So it's about wrestle like Jacob. It's about I'm not moving, Lord, until you answer. I can't move right now. I've got to go after this thing. Now, I've heard many teachings like you know you don't have to beg God; He'll give it to you. Whatever. It's like, and my wife always says this, but there is this contending for the faith thing. There's this thing that I'm going after it. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go after that intercession stuff until, until something happens, until I change or the, the, the circumstance or whatever. I'm going to wrestle. I don't know. It was just a really cool topic. So, yeah. No, you know. I appreciate it. Uh, and I'm going to read that section from Scripture, and I really want a back and forth between us of this whole topic because we don't think about this idea. Right. And he and I will get into, like, what does it look like? Because there is that sense of, like, faith is an assurance of things not yet seen, right? So assurance, we tend to see that word as, I don't have to wrestle or fight, it's just there. 
but there you're also fighting against forces that want to hold down your faith, want to hold you back from things, want to get in the way. Anyways, so this this is Genesis 32. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When he saw that he had not prevailed against him, when Jacob saw he had not prevailed against man, or sorry, when, when the man saw that Jacob had not prevailed, he touched the socket of his thigh, so the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated while he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Keep that in mind. So the man said to him, what is your name? And Jacob said, Jacob. Man said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. (coughs) Excuse me. Then Jacob asked him and said, please tell me your name. But the man said, why is it that you ask my name? And the man blessed him there. So Jacob named the place Pinyo. For he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been preserved. And then so forth. Think about that term. I'm not letting go until you bless me. Yeah. Could God not have crushed Jacob in the first five seconds of the wrestling? Yeah, I think some even would look at that and say, he's just disobeying the angel. Why are you know the why is he doing that? And um, I think a lot of that has to do with where you're at spiritually. You know what I mean? Like there are some things you're just disobedient on, and you know in the flesh. But when you, no nobody can tell me after reading that story so many times that he was led by the flesh. He's like, I yeah. got, I gotta go after this dude. Yeah. What guy in his right mind would say, I'm just gonna wrestle with that, right? <laughs> with an angel, you know, like or in in that in that regard in that context. And I think we've missed a lot of that. And and those who intercede understand it, I think. But those of us who are just typical. Just normal Christians have never probably wrestled like this in their mm-hmm. lives. And they think it's for those who have that upward calling. We all have an upward calling. All of us do. And are you willing to wrestle and fight for that? Are you willing right. to go after it? And so a little bit of context. I'll, t- I'll tell my story because I think it's kind of central to this whole idea. So I'm, I'm, I had decided I need to really pray and fast about some things. And big things too. Yeah, very big things. And it's like, Lord, I need to hear your voice. I need an encounter. I need something because I, I need answers to these big things. And the first night of fasting, I was frustrated. Yeah. Because it was like, I'm not getting anything. Where are you? I'm not hearing you. And about 2.30, my youngest wakes up and just starts bawling, right? And just won't stop crying. So the whole house is just filled with this crying and crying and crying. What's your son's name? Judah. Too bad it wasn't Jacob. He's right. He'd be like, oh, jeez, there, there it is. There it is. That would been a perfect, like, <laughs> dang. So Melissa's with him out in the living room, and I come out, and I'm like, I'll take him for a little bit. Because, you know, if, if you've held a crying baby that you cannot calm down, you get tired and frustrated, especially in the middle of the night. So I take him, I finally take him out to the car, and he and I are sitting in the car with it on and the AC going, right? And he's just crying away, trying to give Melissa a break. And I'm frustrated with God. It's because, you know, people are like, God woke me up at three o'clock and told me these amazing things, or you know, spoke to me about all the people I need to pray for. It's like, here I am with this crying child, and I ain't hearing nothing. It's just being real. Yep, yep. And so I'm like, I'm done, Lord, I'm done. What this was fruitless, this whole endeavor. Mm. And I say this, and I'm being honest because I, I want you to know 
you may need to get frustrated with the Lord. Because what that's actually doing is that's actually burning off your own biases and your own assumptions, your own expectations. Sometimes that frustration is the the final release of, I've had this expectation of you, Lord, that I should not have held. Yeah. Totally. Right? Because what was my expectation? He's going to talk to me at the end of this fast tonight. One day of fasting. <laughs> One day, One day of, of fasting. Sacrifice. Right? I did eat for 12 hours. <laughs> Where are you, Lord? Four deep. Four hours deep yeah. into this, and it's already a lost Boy, cause. I'm done. And I, I'm mocking myself because it's like you look back and it's like, golly, I was foolish. So I hand Judah back to Melissa. I lay down. I can't sleep. So I go out to the patio, and I'm sitting there. And I'm like, I, well, that was a waste, Lord. And then I start thinking about this story. It pops up in my heart, this story, how Jacob wrestled all night with God. And Jacob said, I'm not letting go till you bless me. Right? And notice he says, it says, he, he named the place Pinol. I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been preserved. I wrestled with God face to face. He didn't destroy me. Yeah. Right? And I realized it's like, I gave up without fighting. I'm not, I'm not even wrestling here. I'm not, I don't want to call it striving because every typical Christian will hear that, well, you're not supposed to strive. I really believe that sometimes you have to push through your comfort and you've got to wrestle in order to get to the next spot. So when this hit me, the next day of fasting was much better. I realized this fast is not about getting an answer and getting the encounter and all that. It's about cleansing me. That's right. Preparing me. Yeah. Right? Teaching you too. Teaching me. It, I saw stuff in a whole different light of where my pride was being masked in in anger, in frustration, in bitterness. My expectations were set wrong. And God was working on me in all of that. And I was talking to somebody the other day and I'm I'm, I'm no, you know, dude, I'm, I'm do going you, long. Do you? Do you? Um, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they've they've been having a real struggle with their faith. And one of the things I, I needled into was they the things that will push them forward are making them uncomfortable right now. Hmm. And I said, the problem is, and and I'm so glad you nailed it because you nailed it without realizing. And I think I had told you, Massey preached about transitions and that kind of thing. And one of the things he talked about was comfort which was exactly what I talked about with this person before. When you're comfortable, how is God going to get you out of that comfortability? Because that comfortability is actually keeping you down. We set standards of being comfortable, and sometimes we need a shakeup to where we'll be pushed outwards. Right. Wrestling will do that. Sometimes you've got to fight and wrestle with God to get out of that comfortable nature into a next spot. So what happens is when the comfort goes away and we start getting the headache or we're getting the hunger pains, just to use a physical example, we go, I'm done. I didn't get what I wanted and my head hurts and I'm hungry. Oh. And, uh, but notice the comfort is trying to keep you from the true. You've, I, I picture it this way. If you're digging for gold, you have to go past the dirt. There will be dirt and rocks in your way. There's going to be comforts and, and comfortability and resistance in your way when you're trying to get to the gold of the next level of faith. 
that means you've got to push past that and God will stretch you. We don't use that word much anymore. God's going to stretch you. He's going to make you uncomfortable. He's going to make it unfamiliar. He's going to make it risky. He's going to make it hurt because that's what will push you forward. Of are you obedient to following him and seeking after Bingo. him, or are you going to get misdirected by the comforts and the, the familiarity and the safety? Sorry, that was... No, 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 dude. I'm trying to just listen to you because that was such a bomb story. You know, we preached on transitions, uh, and, and mainly because I think there's so many people going through transition. But in that transition, I did say something along these lines. You have to be careful because in transition, there's confusion. In that confusion, something may come across your path that would try to take you away from God's original plan. So one of the things I said was, you can tolerate, uh, listen to God and say, hey, wait for the promise, which wrestling with Jacob is wrestling with, the, you know, waiting on the promise. Really, it's mm-hmm. being patient and I'm going to fight through this. You can create an Ishmael or you can wait for the Isaac, you know? And I think that was where you were at. It's like, yeah. I could just go back to eating because I don't need this right now. I'm just going to go, uh, not fast. I'm just going to, you know, maybe that was just spiritual attacks. I didn't need to do that right now. And it's easy for your flesh to say, I give in, I quit. Yep. I'm just going to go back to what I was doing because it was easier there. And then all of a sudden he gets this revelation of Jacob wrestling with an angel, right? Seeing God face to face and didn't get destroyed. He could have easily said, I'm done and went with Ishmael Mm -hmm. because you could have just kept going. Yeah. And what you're trying to do, that's Ishmael. Yeah. And then you sow the seeds of an entire lineage you had no idea would come. But then I could also wait and be patient and serve in the season well. Do this, do the things that I do well, uh, end well, all that stuff, have all those relationships patched up uh, that I have, let go of some relationships where God is pruning you through that season to bring you into the next one. And so when you're saying, I'm going to go out and wrestle, that, then that's what you have to do, right? So you could have easily listened to the flesh, or I'm going to say, you know what, I'm going to keep denying myself. I don't give a crap what my flesh feels like. I don't care how emotional I get. I'm going to go through with this thing because I said I would. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think people, especially uh, Christians, young ones, miss it. I don't think sometimes people realize that it's about crucifying your flesh. Which is a discipline. Yeah, it's and a that's death. A, that's, that's such a horrible word in the Christian culture is discipline because we see works. We see legalism through that. What a lie. What an excuse. Yeah, It would only be works to me if you made others do it. Mm-hmm. If you discipline yourself, people are going to be like, man, what are you doing? Man, this is what I do every day. Oh, wow, I want to do that too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You'd have to force it. When it's your standard is different for a reason. Why was John the Baptist told not to drink wine and others? He didn't say those kind of things, right? Why was it that Jesus could go and have to go pray, right? But he didn't really, there's not a lot of accounts of the disciples doing it. They followed him, but you don't see that. And no. then you can see the evidence of that with, you couldn't watch with me for an hour. Right. So the evidence is there, right? They, yeah. Especially in those moments where I'm going to go pray just the night before I'm going to go get crucified. They couldn't even watch with him. And that's, dude, that's that's a good example of the where... The spirit is willing and the flesh, flesh is, weak, is weak, it says right there. And, and that's where the flesh is weak because it, it gives into the comfort too easy. It doesn't right. go past the comfort with the spiritual goal. And to your point, the difference between is that spirit or is that just works? Works says, I fasted for three days and needed revelation. You better fast for three days or else you're not going to get revelation. <laughs> right. That's works. The Spirit says, this is what worked for me, and I felt called to. 
if God is calling you to a fast, here's some tactics and how you can handle that fast and what to look for. There's nothing wrong with going that route and giving a prescription. It's it's when you demand of somebody if you're not fasting then you're you're sinner. Yeah. That's works. That's legalism. Discipline is so vital to the faith. And and I love that you brought up that example of the it's a perfect example of the disciples they weren't spiritually disciplined and so their flesh was weak and they they failed Christ in his time of need. Yep. And Christ knew it and and God carried Christ through and that's fine. But sometimes there is a a time or a moment where you have to realize your flesh is warring with your spirit and you're going to have to make a decision. You're going to have to decide, am I giving up and compromising with the flesh and what what that wants to do? Or am I going to be a warrior and I'm going to fight and wrestle? Because the spirit, the next level isn't always just easily attainable. Sometimes you have to consecrate yourself right. and burn old flesh off. That hurts. It's painful. It's uncomfortable. It's risky. Right? And, and one of the things I was thinking about, just because all of this has been churning in my head so much... When I was thinking about the next level that I know I need to get to, right? I'm, I'm not, it's not me striving to get to that level. It's me recognizing the Lord is calling me to another level. Yeah, and there's a door and we got to walk through. There's yeah. a door I got to walk through, and there's things I have to do and be obedient to to consecrate myself to where I'll be successful in that. And I was thinking during this fast, the, the goal that I'm looking for is risky. And the Lord has said to me recently, like, you want risk-free growth that doesn't exist. Ow. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> like, it's one of those, like, hurt-so-good yep. moments yeah, from dude. the Lord where it's like, thank oh, you, that's Jesus. so true, Lord, yeah. but I love you for it because you're right. Risk-free growth doesn't exist. Right. So when we, when we feel called to fast for a certain thing, there may not be a promise of that thing at the end. Right. So you have to take the risk and fight the struggle with the goal in mind, knowing you're taking a risk and you might be you might be giving up some comfort, giving up some something might be painful, right? In order to get to that point, and I think we tend to forget that that faith is risk. You have to actually take a risk for a goal. If you look at a Navy SEAL like we were talking about last night, you look at a Navy SEAL. The guys who make it through buds are the ones who have the goal in mind. It's not the fastest, strongest, most powerful, smartest. It's not alpha male, six-pack G.I. Joe. Now, he may do it, but what they're looking for... I'm pretty alpha male, six-pack G.I. Joe. Yes, you are. He may do it, but why does he do it? Because he has the goal in mind and nothing will keep him from the goal. Right. It doesn't matter how many push-ups, how many times you spray him with a water cannon, how many times you make him run up that hill, how many times he has a sleepless night, he will make that goal. No matter what. Why? Because when you're in a war zone and you're getting shot at constantly and bombs are going up all around you and you have two injured teammates that you've got to drag to safety and there's one helicopter waiting for you and it looks like it's all over... You have to have that guy who has the goal in mind no matter what. Yep. And he'll stand up in the midst of the bullet hair, hail fire to grab his guys and get them to the helicopter. Right. He takes the risk for the goal. Yep. We have to do that in our faith. I think that's the most important thing right there. And you got to start asking yourself because one of the things we like to do is challenge. Do you wrestle 
with the Lord in prayer? Or do you just hope and expect and, you know, maybe if I try to maybe say do the right thing, then he's going to maybe do the... Go with that, man. Right. Maybe it takes you to finally step into something you've never done before. And I hear this a lot. Well, I don't know where to start. 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 Start with, Lord, I just I just need your presence, man. Mm-hmm. Show me how... The disciples had to ask him, teach me how to pray. Teach us how. There's nothing wrong with saying, Lord, teach me how to do this. Right. Teach me how to... So, some of my prayers in the last couple of days, Lord, help my unbelief. Yep. Lord... Stretch my faith. Expand That's, my faith. Those are scriptural and those requests. Are convicting, those are convicting requests, you know, because I'm, I'm very much an optimist. I'm like, okay, I can see the good. I can see the right. And I'm just thinking, okay, Lord, if I just keep wrestling, uh, not wrestling, but keep doing what I do, keep sowing those seeds out there, people are going to, you know, come in and support and do. God is showing you, you don't need to do more works. You got to trust me here. Yeah. And I think that's what I tried to say Wednesday night, just to affirm what you're saying, is... You can tell what you're doing is flesh or spirit by these two feelings. One, are you going to say, man, I really helped the Lord with that. I'm glad. I'm so glad I had to do all this stuff to get that door to open. See, but I I really had to do, but, or is the second one this, I just let God be God. God did it. And I was faithful in this last season. I was faithfully doing what I'm supposed to do. I didn't change. I didn't try to create a ruckus. I'm doing what I'm called to do. And then when he opens the door... It's a release from that last season into the next season, and mm-hmm. there's no guile, bitterness, nothing. I worked all that stuff out. One of the things he did that first night uh, when he was carrying his son, you begin to get angry, frustrated, bitter, all these other things. Mm-hmm. When you have to leave a season, all that stuff goes, if, you've, if it's done right, mm-hmm. where you're not complaining, you're not murmuring, you're saying, Lord, thank you for that season. Thank you for this last season, Father. And I thank you, Lord, as you bring me into a new one. Thank you, Lord, that that prepared me to be ready for this one, right? That's good. Man. And I that's think good. that's that wrestling with, with, with prayer when you're saying it's stretching my... Dude, that, that's convicting what you just said, uh, stretching faith and all these other things. You know, I just believe it's going to happen, so I just wait, and I do, mm-hmm. right? But there is that thing in me, too, that has to go after it and say, Lord, you do it your way. I don't want to have to create a, a system for this. And that's, what it, that's literally what we've done in Christianity, modern life, create systems to make sure that... Thank you, Jesus, for the systems. Right. Instead of, no, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Right. Thank you, Jesus. And so right, man. When you get that promised answer, you can't, even, you can't even talk. You're so speechless at what the Lord has done, right? And we tried to—my wife and I said this in the, a couple other podcasts ago. I created this, and you can almost turn it into an idol, which I was going there. I was bordering it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, why don't people you know, do this? Why, why aren't they hearing this? And we're going out to so many places, but why can't they just see what we're doing and— uh, where's the influx of money, Lord? And it's like those are all the wrong questions. That's all the wrong questions. I I've only ever been called to love and minister to people. The rest will take care of itself. I, I'm I'm not called to all that other stuff. So why am I thinking about it? Right. When you're in the fasting and praying, why is your flesh kick up? Because it wants to distract you from what you're trying to go for. Your flesh is kicking up, and it's spiritual. All that stuff's spiritual. But one of the things is. There might be for some of you this oppressive feeling, but there is this thing too where it's like, you know what? I'm going to choose the Lord anyway. I'm going to I'm going to break my will and go after the things of God. That's so good. And that's that wrestling power. That's that mm-hmm. dude, imagine what Jacob was thinking. I don't want to fast. I don't want to go after this guy. But I'm not I leaving. Do this. Right. I'm not leaving until you give it to me. I have to know. 
My wife used to say this stuff. She said, I had to sit with the Lord and say, I have to know that I know that I know that I know you. I have to know it. So she wrestled with God to get, and even me, I, 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 <laughs> I've been asking the Lord for a revelation of his love, and he's finally giving it to me. And that took a minute. Now, I'm not saying I wrestled, wrestled for it. He just started to drop it on me. But I'm noticing as I'm getting that revealed, there's a lot more fighting I'm doing mm-hmm. against my flesh, against myself, against my emotions, my will. Uh, this morning I woke up, it was like 4, 440 or something like that. I was about to go back to sleep, and I felt it. All right, you could do that or crucify your flesh. <laughs> Let's go. Right. Let's go. So I went and listened to some sermons, and I just sat and started to meditate on the things of God and all those other things. Didn't ask him about love, didn't pray or much or anything. I just wanted to sit and soak in this stuff. And you start to see, you know, even yesterday's flaws, you're like, dang, I was in the flesh about that. Mm-hmm. Got to correct that, Lord. It's not good. And all of that is is perfecting the man. All things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28, 29. For we have been predestined to be made into his image. Made into his image. All the stuff working together for good because God is good to me. And he de- are you looking more like Christ after that? Because if that's the case, you're not done with your season. If you're not looking like Jesus, you're not done with your season. And you'll claim that scripture, he opened this door. Thank you, Jesus. This is where I'm at right now. And that could have been an Ishmael instead of an Isaac. So the door was open. Was it really Jesus? Right. There, there should be a shift spiritually right. in you when you're making that transition. And when you're, when you're going through that transition, there's you said it perfectly, up and out, right? There, there's an up or there's an out or there's an up and out, right? When you're going up, and, and I don't think an out will ever happen without an up mm. in terms of spiritual. And we're going, going up in spiritual, your flesh will fight against you. There will be things you don't want to let go of that you're going to have to wrestle with in order to let go of. Yep. But the wrestling isn't actually done with your flesh. It's done through it with the Lord. And you'll start to see things like, wow, I can't believe I... I allowed that in myself for so long and it'll pop up and flare up as you're trying to kill it and it'll it's kind of like whack-a-mole sometimes but you'll hit that next level where it's like you hit a new spiritual understanding a new spiritual depth new fruit so that you're ready to walk that next pathway and this is an encouragement of you may be going through something you don't like spiritually Maybe it's that point where I don't like to pray, I don't like to read the Bible, I'm, I'm really frustrated with getting close to God. Good, press in. That's right. That is good. That is the exact time to press in. That's the exact time to wrestle with the flesh by wrestling with God. And what you're going to find is your own heart position was wrong in something. And that'll get fixed, and that'll get healed, and all of a sudden, you'll have a new understanding, and you end up thanking him. Towards the end of the fast, it was like, I see what you're doing, Lord. Thank you. I Thank you. I, forgive me for getting frustrated. It's okay to get frustrated, but you've got you've to still keep God on the pedestal and righteous. You've got to keep him righteous, even if you're frustrated with him. And recognize, I'm frustrated with you, but that's because I'm frustrated with myself, Lord. I'm frustrated right. with me not getting what I want. And that, that's what it boils down to so often. I'm not getting what I want. <laughs> How dare you? God's going, um, you done? You done yet? You done yet? How's it going? 
Are you done? Are you done making excuses? Are you done with listening to your flesh instead of me? Are you done not walking in faith? Can you finally let it go and walk in faith and abide in me, which is where I wanted you the whole time? Mm -hmm. I often think there's a difference between contentment and comfortability. Contentment is knowing there's more coming, but I'll wait for that season to happen. Comfortability says, I don't care if the next season's there. I'm, I like where I'm at right yeah, now. I'm, I'm good right here. Yep. It's, it's a, it's that, that is not, um, that is not, what was the word I just used? Contentment. Contentment. That's not contentment. That's laziness. Yes. And I firmly believe the more we get comfortable, the Lord's saying, okay, cool. Now that you, you've achieved that, I'm moving you here now. Mm-hmm. Or I'm moving you up now, right? You can get comfortable. It's easy to get comfortable. It's like, yeah, this is pretty good. Kind of doing my job, kind of doing my thing. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, you just get shakeups. Mm-hmm. It's almost like things happen. Then you say, that's the devil. Or, or it could be the Lord shaking, shaking your tree. Are you really walking in faith and believing me right now? And I think the higher, the, the more mature, parse this out with me. Definitely, the more years you're walking with the Lord, I might even argue the more mature you are, the more likely you'll be blind to those uncomfortable moments. Because we get to a certain level, and it's like, I'm good. I'm, I'm cleansed. I'm pure. I'm, I'm, I'm on my way. Right. God's going, you just closed yourself off to me doing more work in you. Because the work is not finished until the end. God will finish the work. Good. good word. But you're not a finished person after no, five years. No, you're not. You're not finished after 10. You're not finished after 20. The powerhouses of the faith, even when they're 95 years old, are like, God's still working on yeah. me. Yep, I'm still learning to be a Joshua. And we said this in another sermon. To someone, you're a Moses or a Joshua. I'm a Moses to some, but I'm a Joshua to others. Mm-hmm. And you got to recognize that and say, okay, but always know you're still a Joshua learning. You still, Joshua was by Moses' side for 40 years. And by the end of your days, you should still say, Lord, I may, I I still needed to learn more, but thank you, Jesus, for the merits of the blood of Christ. And and I think God, especially in the sense of men, but, but for women too, when you're here, keep an eye out for the one that's a level up. And I think men need at all times one who's a level higher than they are to help help teach them and lead them to that next level. Truth. And the more levels you go up, the more people are underneath you that you help bring up, right? And so when you're like 95 and there's nobody older than right. you or more mature than you, you're so close to the Lord if you've been doing it right, right. that the Lord is your instructor through all of it and there's no need for another person to speak through, right? But I think for the vast majority, he places a person above you, and there may be contention in the relationship, but the person's teaching you stuff because you see where they're going, and they're helping you learn how to be refined. So it's it's very important for you to keep an eye out for that. And, And humility, this is the truest sense of the humility, and I'll close with this. The truest sense of humility is recognizing how many areas your pride has infested into. When you have expectations of God that aren't right, it's pride. When you have frustrations with God, it's pride's cry. When you have bitternesses against other people, it's pride. It is. It is pride that spikes up in so many different areas, and when you have those outbursts that you know aren't spiritual, look to your pride and say, is it my pride? That's kicking this up? Is it my pride of who I am? 
that is is keeping me from learning this lesson and becoming more humble in who the Lord is and who he's made me to be. So I hope you guys got something out of that. I I that it was, was awesome. on my heart. And no, it was like, yeah, that's man, we awesome. gotta share this. Yeah, yeah. And so, and again, I wish Carrie was here because she'd have talked about dude. some of that stuff, but it is what it is. Uh she doesn't she doesn't like mornings, man. So I love you, babe, but it's true, you know that. Uh so just just remember the answers that you're looking for from the Lord are attainable. Are you willing to see him face to face? Amen. Amen. So hope you guys have a great day. Remember, check out the newsletter. Check out the newsletter. Check out the website, theselfevidenttruth.com. Check out our sales. Check out the book. Check out the Constitution course. Guys, it's still there. It's yep. for you. Black Friday's coming up. White Saturday's next. <laughs> we should do that. Can we run the sale for a White Saturday? <laughs> And then, uh, and then Mexican Monday. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I love it. Anyways, all right. We love you guys. 11 a.m. From here on out, we'll continue to promote that. Thank you so much for your questions and comments. Care. You're... <laughs> I care. So with that, we love you guys. Have a great week. <laughs>